Hello, Charlie Gladstone here, and welcome to my series of cover stories for my Some Good Ideas podcast. This is a short series, probably of five or six episodes, about people's relationships with cover versions of songs. Songs that they love, songs that move them, and songs that I suppose have a significant part to play in their lives. I am and have been for many, many years a massive lover of and consumer of music, both live and recorded and in print. And, and you don't have to be, though, to enjoy this series. This is really a series about people rather than a series about music. This series is related to our new website, Some Good Ideas Co. UK, which we launched on Good Friday, on which we have a million articles and films and, and audio things and, and lots of art and pictures. But also recently we have decided to start a library of cover versions with notes on cover versions and the original song. And then also on Spotify, a playlist called the Some Good Ideas Library of Cover Versions. So do have a look at that and there's more information on these songs uh, on the website. And of course you can listen to the songs on Spotify. Anyway, that's that bit over and done with, the telling you where to go. And so without much further ado, we'll move to today's first guest, who is my friend, Rhys Moyne. Many of you who come to the Good Life Experience may know something of Rhys because for the last few years, he's been hosting our Welsh tent, which has been a melting pot of incredible talent, musical talent, dancing, spoken word, and some good Welsh beer. Rhys is an archaeologist, as well as having been involved in the punk scene since its very beginning. He's also a lecturer now in archaeology, and he has been the manager of various bands, including our partner in the Good Life Experience, Keris Matthews' band, Catatonia, which he managed for a number of years right at the beginning. He is also a radio star with his own weekly radio show. Anyway, Rhys is a wonderful man. Um, both interesting and reliable and kind and much loved by everyone. And so I was thrilled when he said that he would talk about one of his favourite cover versions. This is about a tame lad by Super Furry Animals, who in my mind are one of the most consistently innovative and interesting bands of the last 20 years. And they prove that if you build it really interestingly and originally, however left field your vision is, the fans will come. They become a really huge band, and this is Reese talking about one of the songs on their Welsh language album. This is Reese Moyne contributing to the podcast about cover versions. Um, one of the things I do feel strongly about regarding cover versions is that whoever's doing the cover has to do something with it. It has to be different to the original or a reinterpretation or better still to be better than the original but people who do cover versions and then sort of mimic the original I've never quite seen seen the point to that to be honest uh, I'm going to select a song called A Tame Lad which translates as The Feeling which the super furry animals covered on their album Mung. Now, Mung was their fourth studio album uh, in 2000, and it's famous as the album, you know, that was all done in the Welsh language 
by the Super Furry Animals. But they decided on this album to cover A Tame Lad, which is originally a song by a band called That's Bluggy from Cardigan. A tame lad, interesting things with super furry animals who at the time were a very successful international band covering um the bluggy which were a post-punk band from abertavy cardigan uh it gave that song a huge platform huge international platform and of course most people listening to the furries wouldn't be aware of the original. Now, interestingly enough, when that's Bluggy recorded the original, and that was in Voile Studios near Clamacarinion, studios owned by Dave Anderson, who was in Hawkwind and Vandergraaf Generator and many of those bands, um, I was involved with putting that recording session together and releasing that record by that's Bluggy. And I remember it well, and I remember it fondly. It was a Saturday afternoon, and I sat in the control room with the band. Now, this is that plug-in. Now, we're going back to 1985. Um, and I remember hearing the song come together, because they used a drum machine. So they put the drum machine down first, and then they put bass and guitars down. And as I sat in the control room, I realised they were creating... A perfect pop song. And the fact, I've always said this, a good song is a good song. And the fact that it was covered by Super Furries proves the point in a way. that They've obviously gone for a good song. To be absolutely honest with you folks, I would go for the original. That's Bluggy's version of Her Team Lad. Because in that mid-80s period, it captured that sort of post-punk essence if you like and despite the you know the lyrics being in the welsh language it's such a great pop song
Thank you very much indeed for that, Rhys. Next up, we have Nikki Leighton Thomas. Now, Nikki actually sang at our first ever Good Life experience. She has an extraordinary voice and seems willing to stand up and sing beautifully almost wherever she is and certainly whenever she's asked. She had a long career as a jazz singer and then she gave that up for a number of years in order to look after her children. And now she's back singing. And a couple of years ago, she released a really brilliant album called The New Enzyme Detergent Demise. And you can find that on Spotify. Anyway, this is what Nikki had to tell us and sing to us about one of her favorite cover versions. I borrowed an EP from a friend in 1984 called Girl at Her Volcano by Rick Lee Jones. I haven't actually got the friend anymore, but I do still have the EP. Oh, dear. Um, I was about 16 years old, and I was just about to get into a load of trouble at school for sneaking out to go to Glastonbury Festival to go and see Dr John play, who incidentally collaborated a lot with Rick Lee Jones. Um, and this song is... Um, Letters from the Ninth Ward, Just Walk Away, Rennie, which most of us know by the title, Just Walk Away, Rennie. Just walk away, Rennie. Um, it's weird that she changed the title, but she also added her name to the writing credit alongside the original writers, which I've, I've never come across that before. But she does completely make the song her own, and her arrangement is pretty special and totally original so you can forgive her on that The song really infiltrates this particular period of my life. Um, I felt I'd discovered something like a, a voice and a musical artist who crossed all boundaries and she couldn't really be put in a box. She wasn't jazz, she wasn't pop, she wasn't, you know, she just did her own thing and she was quite incredible. For me, it was the beginning of understanding how jazz could work in a, in a popular way. Because I don't know what she does, but she just, she has all these incredible, well, she's got this incredible musical ability for a start. She's an extraordinary musician. But her arrangements, 
I think also the musicians, the incredible musicians she worked with and her arrangements, just she didn't confine herself in any way whatsoever. And I guess for me, it was the under, it, it began the understanding of how jazz could be popular. So this particular song starts with kind of synthesizer and a bit of piano and some drums and the arrangement really draws you in and then it becomes very sparse as soon as you get her voice very empty and you get her kind of dreamy lonely vulnerable sound that slices into you so she starts off you know she says um and when I see the sign that points one way, the lot we used to pass by every day. And then you get the chorus, <laughs> this huge, big, thrilling music and vocal. Just walk away, Renny. You won't see me follow you back home. There's a particularly magical moment that happens in the song and it only happens twice and it's a bass guitar and it all it does is play three notes and those three notes you in a way you just she leaves you wanting more because she could have made a whole riff over those three notes but she doesn't and they happen over the line your name and mine inside a heart upon a wall still finds a way to haunt me, though they're so small. beautiful lines and it's a very special moment when these this bass guitar riff comes in well it's not a riff because it only happens twice and they're individually they happen individually twice but those three bass notes give you a pure shiver of joy <laughs> I always thought that the original and I'm I don't know I'm assuming that other people would think this too I always thought the original was by the four tops because that's the famous version we all know but actually, it turns out that the Four Tops actually did a cover of the original, which was written in 1966 by a New York band called Left Bank. And Bank's got an E on the end of it. Um, and the keyboard player wrote the song, and he was only 16 years old when he wrote it. And that makes so much sense to me because it is a very... There's a very teenage sentiment to the song about lost love, you know, and this idea of the heart that someone's drawn upon a wall with their names inside it. Interestingly, I found out when I was doing a bit of research for this podcast that the, the lead singer called Michael Brown of Left Bank actually died in January of this year. So that's a bit sad. I think Ricky Lee Jones' version of this song is definitely better than the Four Tops version. And it's definitely better than Left Bank's version as well. But having discovered Left Bank, 
I would say Four Tops is my least favourite version, which is weird, really, because theirs was obviously the most successful version of the song, what what brought it to a, a much wider population. So, yeah, but the Ricky Lee Jones version, she just makes it her own, and she pays so much attention to the soul of the lyric and the soul of the song and her arrangement pays so much attention to it as well. I think she really gets you with it. Um, I'm gonna leave you with a quote from Ricky Lee Jones, which is that logic doesn't take us where we want to go. It's emotion that does. Thank you very much indeed for that, Nikki. Um, that was brilliant and wonderful and eloquent. Nikki asked me if I would just promote um, an artist that she is um, working with or knows, and he is called Padraig, P-A-D-R-A-I-G, Jack, and he has a track called Mini on Spotify, which is absolutely great. So um, that is me talking about that. I'm not overly familiar with it, but I do think that if Nikki says it's good, it's almost bound to be good. Right, well, today, finally, we have my cover version. And today I want to talk about Limit to Your Love by James Blake. I discovered this song pretty much as it came out, I think in mid to late 2010. It was released as a single, but it peaked at number 39, which gave little clue to the dizzy heights that James Blake was about to achieve. I had a really wonderful incident at Heathrow Airport, I suppose, in about 2011, when I was with my fourth daughter, Kinvara, who was actually about 11 at that stage, at Heathrow. And that summer, we had seen James Blake perform a couple of times. And we were going through the security and there was James Blake, enormously, he's enormously tall and, and very recognisable. And so we said hello to him and, and how much we enjoyed his music. And, and I actually said, I don't imagine that your normal 
customer profile, as it were, is, is a man in his 40s. And anyway, he was absolutely charming. But what was so good about it was that he said that we were the first people who had ever recognised him outside of a music venue or had ever said hello and recognised him outside a music venue. How things change. For me, I, I heard this, as I say, very young. And it offered a route into a new world of music for me. I'd never heard anything like it. I mean, I was aware of dubstep, but I hadn't got into it at all. And, and this sort of music was called post-dubstep because it used some of the rhythms of dubstep, um, but it wasn't dubstep. And what James Blake did so brilliantly was use silence as much as music. This should be listened to on headphones. It has some absolutely sensational, deep, really thudding bass, but it's the silence that is so impressive. There's a limit to your love, your love, your love, your love. There's a limit to your care. So carelessly there. Is it truth or death? There's a limit to your care. And it led me on a journey into discovering Burial, who I think is one of the preeminent artists of our time and, and, and has made some of the most extraordinary dubstep music ever. He, I think he was a kind of progenitor of dubstep. I mean, I'm not an expert on the genre, but this led me on a, a really interesting journey. Now, unlike a lot of covers, I'd also loved the original of Limits Your Love, which was by Feist, and it was written by Feist and Chili Gonzalez. Leslie Feist is her name, but her performance name is Feist. You probably know her. This came from her excellent album, The Reminder. Feist's version had been, you know, was, was reasonably well known. Um, I'd followed Feist since she was in Broken Social Scene, which I thought were a good band from Brooklyn, but probably a bit too hipster for me. And, and their music was a little bit cold. But then when she started to record as a solo artist, she made some good albums. And then she made two really fantastic albums, one of which was, had this song on it, The Reminder. And the next one was called Metals. Anyway, um, we saw an incredible show in, I guess, about 2007 at the Royal Albert Hall. Can it really have been that long ago? Maybe it was. I think it was. Um, and I was in love with her music and I loved this song. But I have to say that on balance, I think that James Blake's is the best version, not just because it's such an original and interesting interpretation, but because it led me on a journey into dubstep and electronic music that I'm not sure I'd have gone on if he hadn't hit me really hard in the pelvis with this beautiful song. Anyway, that's me talking about Limits Your Love. Have a listen. I hope you're well. Thank you very much for listening to this. I hope you're enjoying this series. I hope you've enjoyed this today. Thank you to you so much for listening. Uh, I can't tell you actually, it really is really lovely. I love it when people listen and um, Although I don't really know how to look at the numbers that listen on lots of platforms, I know that more and more of you are listening on iTunes and SoundCloud. I'm very, very grateful to you for that. I send my love. I hope you're well. I hope this lockdown is treating you okay. 
and I will be back very soon. Thank you to you. Thanks to my friend, Jim Friend. See you soon. Thanks so much. Bye. There's a limit to your love Like a waterfall in slow motion Like a map with no ocean There's a limit to your love Your love, your love, your love There's a limit to your care So carelessly there Is it truth or care? There's a limit to your care There's a limit to your care So carelessly there There's a limit to your care Your love.